0: You're the biggest library in the universe. They won't attack until there's enough of them. Who are you? He hasn't met me yet. They've got our son now. They're coming. Spoilers.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is discussing who I am, Kyle Jones, and we would like to welcome you to part two of our introduction to River Song. Let me just go ahead and say, out the door, if you have not seen anything related to River Song and don't want to know anything, potentially spoilers for River Song, put us on pause, go out, watch all the River Song episodes, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers.
0: Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers.
1: So got my favorite word out the door. I'm Kyle Jones again. So welcome back, Clarence Brown. How are you?
2: Doing good, man. Doing good. Glad to be back for another episode, man. How are you doing? I am quite
1: well. After our last week's recording, I was on a high for the rest of the week. Want to get a, you know, similar high, I'll, I'll call it that for this episode, but glad to have you back. So anything interesting going on with you?
2: Nothing on, man. Just uh, just glad to be back on, man. Nothing uh, much. Just glad to be here to talk about some Doctor Who, dude. Uh, you mean River Song. I'm sorry, right? Y- yeah. Okay, <laughs> thanks.
1: Just appease <laughs> just, just me, dude. Come on. And someone else glad to be back, Lee Shackelford. How are you?
3: Hey, I'm here. That's, that's about the best I can say. I'm,
1: well, hey, I'm here. Weird,
3: yeah. I'm in a weird headspace, but yeah.
1: Um, so have you been saved to the library?
3: <laughs> do you know how many times in my life I've been asked if I've been saved? Uh, um, but, but never to the library, never. I bet. Uh, Yeah, no, the, the library has never, that's never come up before. <laughs> um, I, I, I will tell you that um, I had a, a boring task to do around the house yesterday, and I was not looking forward to it, but I listened to our show about the unicorn and the wasp. Okay. And it was like whistling while I worked. I, that just, uh, I, uh, I found that to be a thoroughly enjoyable episode. So, and I hope other people have enjoyed it too, but it it certainly lightened my load. Well, it was, it was just fun hearing, hearing you guys.
1: Well, good. I'm glad you had fun. I actually had fun creating the artwork. I don't think it turned out Mm. quite as well as I had hoped, but I tried to Mm. use the old Agatha Christie old book type covers and mm-hmm. didn't quite turn out as good, but Hey, no. I still had fun making it. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're back. And for everyone listening, we're glad that you're back. We're glad that you're listening. And we want to make sure that you subscribe to the show using Apple podcast or your favorite podcast player. And also tell a friend, share the discussing network, the discussing who with your friends, your family, your coworkers, and make sure everyone subscribes that helps us get discovered on like I said Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast players so guys, I'm just going to say, let's forget the news and let's get right into the review. How does that
2: sound? That sounds good, but I want to ask real quick, and I really didn't even look for this, but was there anything related to Doctor Who coming out of San Diego Comic-Con 2019? There was no anything Doctor Who at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Interesting. Wow. What a big yeah. shift because last well, year was it was Doctor Who heavy.
3: Yeah. But I guess mm-hmm. that in itself is like it's a Doctor Who thing, that there was no thing.
1: <laughs> so wow. let me ask you guys, you know, actually that's a very good topic because – You know, we're in a year without Doctor Who, per se, except for one episode. So question, do we think because it may be spring of next year before the next series comes out that that was why the BBC chose not to have anything at SDCC? Maybe so.
2: Mm. Yeah, that kind of makes me think it's even later than spring Mm. because not to hear anything. Mm. Who knows?
1: But see, think about it. If they're just now recording some of it, there's really nothing to put out as a teaser,
2: right? Well, I don't know. I mean, Picard has been recording and they're going to be out in early 2020, but we saw a trailer for that. So yeah, the push may be because that's so new, but I don't know. I don't know. I guess we haven't seen anything from Discovery Season 2, which similarly might be around the same time frame you're talking about. So may- maybe it's just normal that we're not seeing anything. Hmm.
3: I guess, but it really feels like the BBC wants nothing more in the whole world than for everybody to just forget that Doctor Who exists.
1: Oh, man. Hmm. And that's weird considering, you know, even merchandising. I I get a little, like, pit feeling in my stomach every time I walk into, like, Books a Million or Barnes and Nobles, and I don't see – the level of merchandising that I did with Peter Capaldi or especially with Matt Smith there. Right? Yeah. It's a little strange. Very it strange. It really is. All right. But, you know, we have good things to refer to specifically 2008, because I got to say it one more time in last particular episode, we ended on a cliffhanger. And does anybody remember what happened to Donna at the end of this particular episode, Silence in the Library. Anybody have any memories of what happened to Donna?
3: Yes, she had to put her face through an oval. <laughs>
1: oh,
2: oh.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> oh, darn it. I thought she had been saved. Okay, so from now on, Lee, thank you. I will just, for the rest of this season, I will just have to say Donna's face in an oval.
2: I like that better, actually. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Trust me, I'm going to do it. Just, just... She looks just like a domestic. That. All right. So let's talk about Forest of the Dead for a minute. Forest of the Dead was the ninth episode of the 2008 series of Doctor Who. It starred Alex Kingston as Professor Song and features David Tennant as the 10th Doctor, along with Catherine Tate as Donna Noble with her round face and an oval. It first aired on the 7th of June, 2008. So summary view, and I will go first. I absolutely love this episode. This is one of the best episodes of Doctor Who, and I can't wait
2: to talk about it. Clarence, what it say ye? Again, man, I just love like the science fiction elements in here. Uh, I got a strong Matrix vibe in this episode. I just love the... <laughs> thoughtfulness of the story man i just thought it was really well done uh the slight touches here and there with um uh, dr moon and, and how it's how it was referenced in the story just little things like that made this a fun uh really really top-notch uh um, science fiction episode man okay cool lee Shackleford, what to say ye?
3: yeah i gotta agree it is it's it's great sci-fi it's great horror it's a great adventure story. It's like just about any kind of, um, you know, you pick a genre, here it is. There's a romance at the heart of this story. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's like the Princess Bride, right? What genre do you put this in? <laughs> it, it, it's everything, you know.
1: All right. So, so let me ask you guys for a minute about Dr. Moon. I think we may have mentioned Dr. Moon in the last episode. But what were your thoughts on the character of Doctor Moon as a character? It hims him or itself. Thoughts about him, Clarence? Why don't you go first?
2: Uh, I like the way that he was presented, sort of as a virus checker or um, a way to weed out anomalies within the system to keep the system flowing well. I don't know how. I guess he did come from the mind of, of uh, Charlotte or Cal, but I do like the, the the purpose that the characters served in this series. I mean, in the episode, kind of ushering Donna along and also keeping Cal at bay uh, as we saw more so in the last episode. So I, I really love the character. I love how they kind of uh, use the, I guess, fake moon above the library to kind of symbolize Dr. Moon, I thought that was pretty cool. I I just loved the character, man. I thought he played well and and fit nicely into this overall story that we got. All right, Lee, what say ye?
3: I'll just go along with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I will say that maybe I didn't pay enough attention to Dr. Moon in the previous times I've seen this because I learned something new. I never— Got the connection, and it may have been, and probably was, and I think it really was staring me in my face all along. That the Doctor Moon and Doctor Moon was a symbolism of this moon that was over the library. I never got that.
2: Yeah, nice touch, man. This is a nice touch to um, uh, what the character symbolizes, and I, I love like the. I guess the real world, even though the moon is said to be fake, but kind of the real world kind of, um, it is, I guess analogous might not be the right word, but how, how is his characters presented in the real, real world as well as in the matrix or whatever you want to call it the, the fake world. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> So, Lee, we talked about, I want to point this one to you first. You know, we made some references last week to the character of Mr. Lux. And mm-hmm. we find out more in this episode about him that he's not, per se, trying to protect intellectual property as much so as he is someone else. What were your thoughts on the new Revelations for Doctor, not well. Excuse me, not Doctor Moon of of Mister Lux. Mister Lux.
3: Yeah, it's it's an intriguing twist, isn't it? And gosh, I, I don't know what to say about it. Um, it it would be so easy to just have him be the uh, the, the the rich jerk, which is, that's all we got in the first half of it, and that would work as a piece building the story. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be any more interesting than that, and uh, and Moffat uh, pulls a whim-wham on us and makes it more interesting. It, it's it, it's like the script just keeps on giving. It keep we it, more and more layers keep unfolding in it. it. You shouldn't be able to get this much content into two hours of television, but he does it. It's amazing. You know? yeah. what, what are your What are your thoughts about it?
1: Mm. I'm curious to hear Clarence first, and I'll tell you why. Clarence, yeah. I remember in last recording that I think Mr. Lux really kind of stood out to you as a not a very nice guy. So I'm curious to your thoughts.
2: <sighs> they maybe changed my mind kind of in this episode. But, you know, I wonder how – it's kind of hard because I wonder how he acted in the episode was a result of – Um, them trying to write to make him seem worse than he was at the very beginning because he's very clearly an a-hole of sorts (laughs) in the first episode of this two-parter. So you know, I always I'm always weirded out when they make the writing. They write the character maybe a little bit harsh just to drum up drama. Uh, He he reminds me a lot, actually, if you've seen The Last Jedi, of Laura Dern's character and this whole feud she had with Toe. which but. Was it really necessary for you to be a jerk at the beginning? You know, I know you're trying to protect this thing, but you're in dire straits. You're you're finna die here. You know, we have the the vastinarada at our heels, and we might better divulge some information so we can get out of this. So that's kind of yeah. No, I, I,
1: I, I I'm with you. I'm I'm kind of torn, honestly, between the two of you. I do feel like they reveal something about him, and I agree with your comparison to The Last Jedi. What I'm t- taking away from him is I think he was a person who obviously had the right intent, meaning he's trying to protect Cal as in the little girl uploaded into the computer. But at the same time, it goes back to learning... You can say things in a way that make you a complete a-hole and you can say things that technically mean the same thing as not being a complete a-hole. And I took it kind of somewhere, like I said, in the middle that I wish that they would have shown him as maybe having said less. And then you find out why he didn't say as much as opposed to being so, bossy and an a-hole at the beginning and then you realize oh well this is why but for drama purposes you you needed that and i get that but but i kind of wish that it would maybe have been a little bit more in the middle somewhere than what they did so that that's my take there so i'm curious to know about the person that we saw in the dream world we'll call it for donna what did you guys think of Donna's family that we see? And Lee, why don't you take that one first, this m- manufactured family that she had?
3: Yeah, it, I'm always interested in stories like this. One of the very uh, best um, episodes of um, Star Trek, the next generation kind of goes there, and uh, as does uh, The Last Temptation of Christ and Occurrence, Creek Bridge, other stories like that where where somebody gets to live an alternate version of their life. and um well, you know, she says she she dreams up a man who is is beautiful and loves her, and he can barely speak. You know, that's her idea of the ideal man. You know? <laughs> so she she's she's clearly getting to, to in some way to make this stuff up. That's fascinating. These projections of her ideas, her dream man, the same Lee, of course. Like.
2: Yeah, yeah. For me, I just um, I agree with everything Lee said, but it's also kind of sad for Donna to. You know, even though we know it's fake, but to be so close to her dream relationship, dream family, yeah. and it's all kind of taken away from her. Um, and she has to have this point where she is told and has to flip the switch to, to kind of realize that everything is fake. So f- I guess for me, I just felt sad for the situation Donald was put in.
1: I found it mostly sad in a sense of at the very be- end, When they are returned, you know, to reality, you see this character of Lee that once again can't say the words to get her attention. The sad part is this is a character that they never follow back up on at all. Hmm. Mm -hmm. We see when she is in this dream world, we see a technique or a Story point, Lee, you'll have to clarify what I'm meaning by this, the proper word, but it is something that we see Moffat use again. And I think it is big. the Big Bang, I believe is the episode, but it's the finale of series five where you see somebody walking by the window and that sparks a memory and that person walking by the memory and that walking by the window that sparks the memory Turns out to be Miss Evangelista. So, Clarence, I'll point back to you for first for this one. What did you think of the revised Miss Evangelista that we see compared to last week?
2: Yeah, she was very much again. Me comparing this to the Matrix was it the White Rabbit in the Matrix? If I remember correctly, uh, that Neo saw the glitch in the system. She was the glitch. Man, what a redemption for her! I was just happy to see her have this intelligence about her. Uh, through transcription errors, as they put it in the episode, uh, you know, I, I, I just love to see that redemption for her because she was treated so badly in the first part of this arc. And to see her have this glitch and come with all this intelligence and maybe them giving us a bigger story or kind of alluding to something bigger by taking away her looks. But having the intelligence, I'm not sure the message they were giving there, but I found it fascinating. So it was cool to see her come back as sort of this um, person that can bring Donna out of this, you know, this perfect life that she's in.
3: Yeah, they they certainly swapped to the beautiful but stupid thing because now she's uh, brilliant. Yeah. But um, that effect of her face is one of the most shocking things to me in the series um i i i I've always found that really really upsetting and it's uh <laughs> it, yeah. it sticks with you um you know, why are you wearing the veil this is why mm. um but it is it's it, it it is the clue to Donna that uh, to, to what's really going on and and that's that's brilliant and again it's a really 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 brilliant part of the script i
1: right. so let me ask you this do you think that was done as a let's scare the children aspect? Was it done for a social commentary? Or do you think it was done as a combo of both? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep. <laughs> when
3: yeah. you can do both at once, why not? Mm. Yeah. And I'll tell you something, just sort of a screenwriting thing. It is smack dab in the middle of the episode. That that moment of, of unmasking... Evangelista, that is right in the middle of the episode, which is structurally where everything is supposed to be falling apart. Everything's supposed to be going to hell. So what that, what that sort of implies is that Donna Noble has been saved. So you, you got me to say it. Thank you. But, <laughs> but is that a good thing? You know, um, it, it, it's the system isn't trustworthy is what we've at that. Moment. So Donna is, she may not be safe, mm. and, and then we cut back to the to the other world with the uh, river and the doctor and uh, the rest of the uh, the archaeological party, and they're in real trouble. So nobody, and 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 of course the little girl is curled up on the sofa now, crying because of what she's seeing on television. So we you know, we have these three story worlds, and at this moment everything is bad.
2: Yeah. Wow. I, wow. You just. The three levels. I didn't really think about that before, but wow, that's exactly right. Hmm. Inception. Yeah, and a river, <laughs>
1: and a river runs through them all, and it is a river that saves the day. I'll, I'll just yeah. say that. Okay.
3: Oh, that was weird. You said river and suddenly we we're feeding ducks.
1: Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Question and curiosity. The Vashti Narada, We find out that they're in the books, literally. Mm-hmm. What do you think about, and Lee, why don't you take this one first? What did you think about this revelation that the books were the Vasta Narada?
3: Or that the Vasta Narada were, were in the books. They're, oh. like, they're like letters on the page.
1: Yes, literally.
3: Yeah. And um, I I remember, it reminded me, watching this again, that when I saw this the first time, that I kind of kicked myself because I felt like, I should have gotten something from the previous episode, and, and then when it was explained to me, I thought, oh, that's a great surprise, except that I think I should have figured that out. Because you remember uh, when the doctor arrived and he did the, the quick scan of um, the planet, he found out that there was these billions of life forms there. Yes. But there were no people. And now we know that's what the billions of life forms that were being detected were, is the I thought, <laughs> Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. and i And I remember that I didn't get it until that moment <laughs> in in the second episode, but what a what a what a horrifying idea so so th- so Moffat not only succeeds in making us genuinely afraid of the dark but now he wants us to be scared of books too
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Clarence,
2: what about you? What did you think uh what was your opinion
1: on this revelation about the Vesta
2: Narada? i agree i I definitely thought the million million were the people. Uh which we get the exact number for the people in this episode. I don't know if we got it in the last episode as well. Mm. Maybe I can't I just not so. remember. I think so. Maybe four four did thousand we? and twenty-two, right? So did we get that in the last, the first episode though of the super order? I think so. Yeah, see I I, I guess well, I just maybe just not, read but it. I, yeah.
1: I I may be merging them together, but I think we did, but I'm not a hundred percent sure.
2: Yeah, so I guess it's my fault because I thought the million million were actual people. The people that got saved, I thought that was a number. So I, that's my confusion there. So yeah, I was, I was quite surprised. I thought I agree with everything Lee said. It was brilliant, uh, brilliantly done, um, for these to be creatures that dwell in the forest and how are they going to wind up in this library? I thought that was a very good explanation. Um, uh, so I don't know. I like them. Now I do have a problem with them as far as the ending of the episode because I don't think I really got a, real sense of how they were defeated, or were they defeated? Maybe one of you guys can explain when we get there. Okay, well, let's go there, because I'm I'm <laughs> holding the
1: most important part of the story for last. So, Lee, what do you think? How do you see that they were either defeated, or what happened? Yeah,
3: I. if I've got a quibble with the episode, it is this, but I, I don't... It feels like that's a question mark, and I'm not even sure it's a good, satisfying... Story question mark if you know what I mean by that I, I I just wasn't sure in the end and and that's 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 frustrating
1: Okay so here's my interpretation is the doctor cut a deal and the deal was we'll leave but you give me these people and they say we'll give you so much but you but after that the, you know the the forester hours meaning you better have your people gone by x amount of time yeah. that was how i took it is he mm-hmm. played let's make a deal yeah. Well, what did he give them he didn't really yeah. give them anything oh no, no 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 i know what he gave them he gave them fear as in you know i'm in the um library you know i'm in the books look me up
3: yeah. yes you're in the biggest library. yeah you're good a- point look me up so hmm. he gave him an ultimatum is what he
2: did. literally exactly so, uh- Again, like if the ultimatum is the payoff here, or is the reason they're leaving? Why do we have this countdown and the ultimate sacrifice by River? Again, that's another thing I feel like we kind of got thrown into. It was awesome in the episode; it it was awesome drama, but I really didn't get a sense of why. Mm. <laughs> and maybe it's meant to be that way. I don't. I don't. Okay, so let's just because that's the last story point until
1: we get to the. M- major story point which is river is the way i interpreted that was there is a point to where cal the little girl and i and it's not long after it may be right after the miss evangelista seeing the face and being scared and i think that's the point that she starts the you know kind of spazzing out for lack of a better word and I'm thinking that's the core going into meltdown is when the little kid starts okay. spazzing out.
2: Good, good point. Good point. The core went to meltdown. Okay.
1: Lady, <laughs> you, me, you agree? Happening. I mean, I, I kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's go back a little bit. We've now got to the main event here, which is River Song. We see last episode, we see the doctor and river and she says, doctor, please tell me, you know who I am. We see them starting to argue in this particular story, and we see Mr. Luck say, you know, would you stop arguing? You're you're acting like an old married couple. I'm curious to what you guys think. I see this as the timeline of River Song. This sets the stage for the story of River Song. Do you guys agree? Oh,
3: yeah, absolutely
1: why it well,
3: it has a, it has a beginning and an end built into it yeah and we even have her refer to it you know all this all all this time all the time that i've known you you've known when and how i'm going to die and i just realized that you know that that's fantastic
1: do you either recall thinking when you saw this character that that we would see her again or did we think that this is just a one off character that Was meant to be a mystery, and a mystery she will remain.
2: Oh no! There's no way they could have did that. I would, I would be furious. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, that was my feeling too. Was wow! After saying something like that, we got to see her again.
2: Yeah, come on. And and it's almost like these movies where you see the guy running and 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 getting shot, and they freeze frame it, and they just say, "Oh my crap! Oh my goodness! You'll never know how I got here." That's kind of what they do to us. Oh yeah, right. Like we we you got to tell us what happens this you can't leave it there so i felt it was absolutely necessary that somewhere down the line and as we all know it took many many years to complete the story uh, they absolutely had to come back to this because it was too good of a setup. I am
1: curious to know, and if anyone listening knows the answer to this, please go to our Facebook page, send us an email, do something, because I would be curious to know the answer to this. I wonder if Moffitt knew when he wrote this two-parter that he was going to become the next showrunner. Because mm-hmm. there's somewhere in the multiverse that exists a version of Doctor Who out there where Moffat did not become the showrunner. And I'm thinking if that so existed, there would be no potential continuation of River were it not for Moffat becoming showrunner. What do you guys think?
3: Unless whoever was the next showrunner... um had the good sense to keep bringing back this writer who had, you know, written some of the best Doctor Who's so far, you know. Yeah. And and then every time Steamboat came on to write for the show, he wrote another River Song.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Good Mm. point. Yeah. Very good point. Here's the thing that I really liked about River. And again, you know, I said in last episode why I liked the character of River Song. But in this one, I really focused and honed in on the fact that, you know, we've got River's timeline and we've got all these elements that lay the groundwork of who the character of River Song becomes because, I mean, we've got Crash of the Byzantium. We've got the the comment she makes in this one where I've seen whole armies turn and run away uh, You know, and we see that with the um, 11th Doctor. And then she makes a comment where she says, I-, I trust that man to the end of the universe. And we've been there. The picnic of Asgard. All of that stuff we see later come to fruition. And I just think that is so freaking brilliant that Moffat did and laid out all of that.
2: Yeah. Uh, being able to write or have these high-minded concepts. And, you know, just a few words that both feel and sound grand um, that, you know, <laughs> that maybe we will see someday in the future. I just, I just think, you know, just the realization of those few lines and they sound so grand to me. I just like the wording of them. It, it, they make it sound big and bold and. And 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 we're going to see this in the future, hopefully. And and we do It's just I don't know, man. It's just great writing, just great writing, man. All right, Lee, what say ye? Well, you know what we
3: get from River is they're they're almost like episode titles, right? I mean, later on yeah. we we'll, we'll get Jim the Fish, you know, and we and we never did see Jim the Fish, you know? <laughs> so it, it it it's actually. It, it doesn't mean that you know what those stories are, you know. Um, it, it's one of the things that it has uh, entertained uh, Sherlockians for more than 100 years now is that uh, some of the Sherlock Holmes stories begin with the Watson saying, basically, as I look over my notes, I wonder which story I should tell you about. Shall I tell you about, and he'll say something, shall I tell you about this one? And then I decided, no, I'll tell you this story. Hmm. And so then we say, no, oh, go back and talk about those other two things, you know. <laughs> Uh, and you know, and uh, yeah, and, and and yeah, we don't think that Conan Doyle had any idea of what those other stories were. They were just out there to <laughs> to be fascinating. But <laughs> we know
1: that Jim fun. the Fish is a character. I mean, you know, meaning that you know, because the way they refer, uh, oh, Jim the Fish.
3: Oh yeah, that's it. They, clearly, they, that's an experience they shared, but we don't get
1: it. <laughs> So let me ask you guys, do you have any other talking points before we get into our favorite scenes and our favorite quotes?
2: Mm. So the system, Cal, I guess is the name of the system. Was it just like a big transporter buffer? Maybe, maybe we mentioned it last episode, but it feels sort of like a transporter buffer episode of Star Trek in a sense. Mm. Like they're stuck. there this i don't know <laughs> you know i'm
1: not sure that i even i just thought that they were it was like this big macro computer is as how i saw it that was able to hold a consciousness inside it so Lee, what do you think do you agree
3: um i'm sorry i kind of spaced out there for a second um what what are we- <laughs> No
1: no no you you kind of proved the whole uh, of what's going on in the library as true, if you said you spaced out, because is it something <laughs> that can keep a consciousness together? And well, not is only
2: consciousness, flesh and I mean, flesh, yeah, being. So that that's why it reminds me of like the tra- a transport accident of sorts. Oh yeah, because they brought them back as people. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm, yeah, hmm. yeah. It is the part of the story that that I I, I have the most trouble with. That I I just can't. I'm just not 100% sure about how all of that was supposed to work. I love emotionally that it works, but I can't um, quite figure out the science, I think. It's just as well.
1: Mm -hmm. But but Clarence, I think you had the best idea of the transporter buffer as, as what could explain bringing physicality back. And you just gave me a light bulb moment in the sense of if Donna was able to come back physically, then somebody else could come back physically. Oh, mm-hmm. that is so good! Yeah,
3: mm. that has that has been suggested many times. I think mm. that's. A, I think there's a good deal of fan fiction
1: about that. Yeah. Oh, that would be so freaking awesome! Mm-hmm. Who knows if it'll
2: happen, Cow? Who knows? Who knows?
1: <laughs> Um, But we obviously, I guess before we get into the favorite scene and favorite, uh, we need do need to talk about being saved. And that does tie into something we saw at the very end of her timeline, is the doctor saves the, or puts something in this screwdriver that he gives her that allows him to save her consciousness or save her and load her into the library.
0: Everybody knows that everybody dies,
1: but not every
0: day. It's okay. You're safe. You'll always be safe here. The doctor fixed the data call. This is a good place now. But I was worried you might be lonely. So I brought you some friends. Aren't I, clever girl? Aren't we all? Oh, for heaven's sake. He just can't do it, can he? That man. That impossible man. He just
1: can't give it. Um, what did you guys think about that? This whole doctor going back, picking up the you know screwdriver and basically dashing to load her into the library. What, what did you guys think of that?
2: Yeah, I think I love the realization of him knowing that if he knew her fate, if he knew what was going to happen to her and he couldn't overtly change it um, by telling her, I guess. Well, maybe does he tell her? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't tell her. Yeah, so, so, I mean, the fact that he can engineer a way to save her in a sense, um, knowing that this is going to happen to her, I just found that uh, awesome and, you know, it shows that they had a real, true magnetic relationship and he wasn't willing to let that go, even though he knew Seemingly knew something was going to happen to her um, in his past or in her, it fe- happened to her period. So. Yeah,
1: there you go, because it's mm-hmm. confusing. All right, Lee, what
2: do you say? Um,
3: well, it, uh, gosh, it's all so confusing, isn't it? <laughs> but um, I, just from a storytelling point of view, I love the, um, the, the, the visual of the LEDs that have sort of a countdown on them, the green lights as that person's essence goes away. And so that, that was enough in and of itself. But then we get that mirrored with river at the end. Um, and, and then adding that to the sonic screwdriver. It, it's, we've been taught that that's a, that's a kind of hope and it, it is, it's just lovely. It's just a, a beautiful, beautiful little thing and uh and I always this is getting way way ahead of us, but I always wish that that more had been made of that as we explored the character in later episodes and and it really wasn't
1: meaning so, meaning explored which aspect kind of
3: the, what's in what's in her screwdriver
2: ah mm. okay got you yeah they they definitely set us up well um with those the digital countdown thing with the echoes we had got before from the spacesuits. Right. So we were well aware of seeing that countdown and knew what it meant, and you know it gave. I don't think David Tennant's running through the facility, through the library, wouldn't have been as effective if we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have that countdown. Going.
1: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. You already had learned the the more these go out, this this consciousness is fading, and you you almost. As he's running, you can feel that sense of urgency to let's get her uploaded before, you know, it gets to the point to where there's no more lights on, literally. Yeah. Um, I agree, Lee, that I think I would have liked to have seen her use her sonic screwdriver more, but I think the fact that I was happy that we got to see her receive the sonic screwdriver. Yeah. You know, so I, ha- I'm going to ask you guys a question that I've never asked myself even. And I mm. just thought about it as you guys were talking, if you had to say which version of the doctor for the doctors that we have seen her on screen, not in audio, not in future thoughts of what might happen, but what we have had the opportunity to see on screen, which doctor would you say she had the most chemistry with 10 11 or 12
2: Mm, that can mean different things for me um i think the most fun definitely 11 but for some reason i love the way the relationship was portrayed with 12 and how it just felt like an old couple that's known each other forever and they're just you know kind of Selling, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It feels like a, a long, a long. Of course, it's at the end of their relationship, but you just feel the connection they've had together, and how it just feels like an old married couple sort of, in, in a way, to me. Okay, <laughs> that's kind of what I like. Yeah, why I like it. It.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Lee. Hey, that's tough. That's tough because you know, I, 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 I got tired of the eleventh doctor. You know, we talked about this before, and. So in, in Forest of the Dead, when a River says to the 10th Doctor, he says, I'm the Doctor. And she says, yeah, someday. Oh, I, hurt me. <laughs> I, yeah. That, I really resented that because I thought, no, he's the Doctor. You take that back because <laughs> – Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, but now, as time has passed, I can look at that and think, well, she's thinking of the 12th Doctor. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. – Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's tough. It's a great question though.
1: Mm. You know, I, I think, you know, and and I shared a video with you guys and I mentioned it on our Mm -hmm. last, uh, recording and I will share it on our Facebook page or our website after this episode goes out. But having the ability to watch and see, River from River's perspective you know I don't think I took offense even back then having not had all of that but but being such a fan of River I never took offense to her saying that because I remember a comment that she made to Donna where she refers to think of it like a photograph and you see someone years before you knew them and they don't look quite yet done, you know, that they're not quite ready. Mm -hmm. And that's how I think she saw the Tenth Doctor as being, you know, like a I see a teenage picture of the two of you. You know, I'm talking about Clarence or Lee. Well, a teenage Mm -hmm. picture of Clarence and Lee are not the Clarence and Lees that I know now. That's right. You know. Of course. But if I were to answer my own question, as much as I enjoyed her connections and the quotable things that i quote from all the things with her and 11 i think that i'm going to have to say that that one appearance between her and the 12th doctor to me had more of an emotional impact i would say than did anything with the 11th and no offense to david Tennant. But he only had that one opportunity on screen with her and yeah. he had to play the character of, I don't know who you are. Right. You know, that's right. So yeah. I, it, but, but, but still I felt chemistry there, but not to the level that I had with the other two. So, all right. So let's get into our favorite scene. Lee, why don't you go first on that favorite scene?
3: Well, it- it's got to be really the end of the episode where we see how River has been been saved, and we know that she's also dead. But yeah. <laughs> she has it, do, it doesn't negate her sacrifice. She has still given her life to save everybody else, which is which is marvelous. But she gets rewarded. She she basically dies and goes to heaven. Yeah, and um, and she will be there. As long as the machinery of that planet continues to operate, which may be forever, and it's it's not nothing that Alex Kingston is a I think a very attractive woman, and that outfit they have for her in that scene is gorgeous, so <laughs> so she gets to be gorgeouser than she does I think at any other time in the series. it's just such a wow so that's that's her end that's the end for her, and uh so powerful, yeah.
2: All right, Clarence, what say ye? I just have to agree with Lee. The um, Again, the realization that he could save her and the – I think the running was a, was the funnest to me. <laughs> Maybe that's the particular part of this last few scenes that I'll pick out. I thought the running was fantastic in the countdown as we talked before. And, you know, I was a little upset when he initially chose to leave such a valuable piece of a book there as well as the Sonic – We kind of knew that was a bad idea when he walked off initially. (laughs) Like, just going to leave it there. Can't your enemies get that? No, no, you you might want to. Anyway, I I love that whole end sequence. I thought it was um, fantastic to have this realization and save his loved one. Um, Great. All right.
1: So really, really quick before I say my, my favorite scene, I did forget to mention one thing that I wanted to mention. And, that is, I did not know in the episode, The Name of the Doctor, there is a point where they're doing a lot of montages with Clara. And in that episode, there is a scene from the library. And I went back and freeze framed, watched last night and all these times, as many times as I've seen that episode, I never saw the 10th doctor in that particular scene. And I was like mind blown whenever I did a search for Clara at the library and found that. And that was so awesome to me, but that's not my favorite scene. My favorite scene is believe it or not, as much as I love the character, my favorite scene is river's death. And the reason for that is if I go back and I read the, um, quote that she had when she's talking to the doctor she says funny thing is this means you've always known how i was going to die all this time we've been together you knew i was coming here the last time i saw you the real you the future you i mean you turned up on my uh, doorstep with a new haircut and a new suit you took me to derilium to see the singing towers what a night that was the towers sang and you cried
3: Oh, no, 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 come on, what are you doing,
0: that's my job Oh, and I'm not allowed to have a career, I suppose Why am I, why do you even have handcuffs? Spoilers This is not a joke, stop this now, this is going to kill you I'd have a chance, you don't have any You wouldn't have a chance and neither do I I'm timing it for the end of the countdown There'll be a blip in the command flow That way it should improve our chances of a clean download River, please, no Funny thing is, this means you've always known how I was going to die all the time we've been together you knew I was coming here the last time I saw you the real you the the future you I mean you turned up on my doorstep with a new haircut and a suit you took me to Dorillium to see the singing towers what a night that was the tower's sang, and you cried you wouldn't tell me why but I suppose you knew it was time my time time to come to the library you can get me your screwdriver that should have been a clue there's nothing you can do You let me do this <laughs> if you die here it'll mean I've never met you time can be rewritten not those times not one line don't you dare it's okay it's okay it's not over for you you'll see me again you've got all of that to come you and me, time and space. You watch us run.
1: Whether you know my name, auto-destruct. You whispered my name in my ear.
4: Nine, Eight. There's only one reason I would ever tell anyone my name. Five. There's only one time I could.
0: Uh, shh. No. Three spoilers.
1: That's basically you take the Husbands of river song. There's the plot right there. <laughs> you know, yeah. so for that alone, in 2008, we see something that took eight years to come to fruition. And it was all perfectly laid out in a 2008 episode. So that has to be my favorite scene being her death. So, Clarence, I'll let you take this one next. Your favorite quote.
2: Hmm. So I do think it was awesome how in the end, the River got all of her shipmates back. I thought that was pretty cool. But one of my favorite quotes is from the interaction between the doctor and Anita, where, um, you know, she's kind of trapped there, finna die. And the doctor says, can I get you anything? And she says, "An old age would be nice. I Just really mm. love the wording there. Just, yeah. <laughs> all right.
1: Cool. Lee,
3: what say ye? For me, it's a very similar thing that, um, in a very few words, uh, Moffat sums up Rivers personality, her character. She, during that whole scene, you know, um, uh, where they're, they're trying to save everybody and, and it looks like the doctor's going to sacrifice himself. And as she's running out of the room to do her thing, River says, Anita, if he dies, I'll kill him.
1: <laughs> 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 all right (laughs) yeah and and that but 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 that goes back to the chemistry thing and and absolutely so for me i'm going to actually compare two things one that came from this episode one that came from or was said in the husbands of river song because they each have their own parallel and if you look at it in the mindset of river's point of view you can realize that what is said in the episode Forest of the Damned is, in her point of view, something that she just heard from an episode years and years later that we see that the 12th Doctor said. So in that particular episode... Nobody is sure where the music comes from. It's probably something to do with the precise positions, the distance between both towers. All anyone will ever tell you is that when the wind stands fair and the night is perfect, when you least expect it, but always when you need it the most, there is a song. Then, in this episode, it says... And Rivers say, you know, in Rivers' voice, it says, everybody knows that everybody dies, and nobody knows it like the doctor. Now and then, every once in a very long while, when every day in a million days, when the wind stands fair and the doctor comes to call, everybody lives. What do you think of the towers?
0: I love them. And why are you ignoring them? They're ignoring me. But then. You can't expect a monolith to love you back. No, you can't.
4: They've been there for millions of years. Through storms and floods and wars and... Time. Nobody really understands where the music comes from. It's probably something to do with the precise positions, the distance between both towers. Even the locals aren't sure. All anyone will ever tell you is that when the wind stands fair and the night is perfect... When you least expect it, but always when you need it the most,
0: there is a song. Now and then, every once in a very long while, every day in a million days when the wind stands fair and the doctor comes to call...
1: Everybody lives. And I don't know, I just found that very sad, but also poetic, that one is him saying, when you need it the most, there is a song, and looks at her. And then yeah. in this episode, she says, the wind stands fair, and the doctor comes to call, everybody lives. I, just, I don't know, I just found that really, really pretty, beautiful, poetic. It
3: is gorgeous.
1: All right. Final rating. I'll start. I will give it one billion, one billion out of 5. So, Clarence, what say ye? 5 out of 5, sir. 5 out of 5. I could expect no less. Lee, Lee Shackelford, Clarence has said 5 out of 5. I've said a billion out of a billion out of 5. What yeah. say ye? I'm
3: going to toss in a piece of trivia just because I've, it is something that I meant to mention earlier and forgot about.
1: All right. Go for it.
3: This, this gorgeous... Piece of acting across these two episodes, this little girl, she 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 cries. She has to have these fits. She has to play, I don't know, inside these imaginary landscapes and so on. It's such sophisticated acting. All of these things that are demanded of her. This girl's name is Eve Newton. And do you know where else you've seen her?
2: Hmm. Hmm. Eve Newton. Yeah. Eve Newton. Newton.
3: What are no. the other things? Go ahead. IMDb says... Nothing. Wow. This is it. This is her film career. And it makes, I, now I want to know the story. Did, did her family decide they just kind of didn't want to do this? Cause that happens. Uh, or, or what? She, she's, she's amazing. She's so good.
1: That
2: makes and me sad.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I hope she's okay. <laughs> For one thing, you know,
1: I think, um, I think she's in the library.
3: Well, that's it. If nothing else, we you know she's saved in the library. There so. you go. Also, Tallulah Riley. While I was looking up cast members, I didn't know this. Uh, who, who's uh, all the different versions of uh, Evangelista? That uh, she's uh, uh, Elon Musk's girlfriend. She, she. Uh, what? They've got, yeah, they've got <laughs> they've got uh, one of the, their kids are with his his first wife. Let's see. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. Um, so things have things have gone well for her, I think. <laughs> anyway, Evangelista so, has been saved.
1: Yes, she has. So let me, <laughs> let, you know, let me say another bit of trivia that I may not have mentioned in okay. our last uh, episode. Does anyone know who was originally considered for the role of River Song before Alex Kingston?
3: Mm. No, no. I I, I I these things are always a little little spurious. So I I you know, right. I don't know if I always believe these things, but but who who
1: all right. You- so, my understanding is the actress whose name just completely left my mind, but I know that she played not Rose Tyler, but Rose from Titanic. Kate Winslet. She was considered um I don't wow. know if she wasn't available. I don't know if she turned it yep. down. No offense to her. I'm so glad she was not available or she did turn it mm-hmm. down. But, um yes, she was originally considered or thought about for the character of River. How interesting. Yeah. So glad well, it was Alex.
3: Anyway, I'm stalling. Five out of five.
1: Yeah. Five out of five. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. So, for everyone listening, if you disagree and don't give it five out of five, I definitely understand, and we would love to know why you thought maybe less than five billion out of five yeah. billion.
3: We so want to know what's we wrong. We want to
1: know you. why. Tell me yeah. I'm crazy. I know already. Know yeah. I'm crazy. So because. hey, you know, come join the crazy. So, <sighs> gentlemen, where else on the internet might you be found? And Clarence, why don't you take it first?
2: Ah, uh, you will find me chatting away on Facebook. If you go to Facebook groups and search for discussing network, you check out me as well as the other cast members of this podcast and more talking about geek stuff. So yeah, check us out there. Sweet, Lee Shackelford. What about you?
3: I'm going to keep pointing people to uh, relativitypodcast.com. dot com. Um, I have a a, an, a surprise announcement that I've been wanting that I that I'm been teasing on uh, that show and by the time this episode comes out it will have already been announced so you know we can talk about it here but i just floated both of you a picture of a stack of scripts um which which relate to the surprise but
1: Mm. yay so permission to go
3: scary yes you can do that if you want to okay thank you yes yeah but the the, the episodes the seasons of relativity have always been 10 episodes and my big surprise is that the last season is 20 episodes long
1: yes oh yes. wow yes <laughs> oh happy day okay. <laughs> sweet uh, sweet yeah yeah. And now you understand even though the people listening will not hear that because I edited out, you will see why all of a sudden a few minutes ago, um, I lost, oh, yeah. uh, you know, my train of thought I, for a second.
3: It didn't mean to create a distraction.
1: No, that was fine. It was a very good disca- distraction. It was a very good distraction because I'm distracted now because I'm reading the titles. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> uh, so I'm going to close. I know close.
3: on Twitter people go I, scroll, scroll, scroll.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to like hide the picture and I'm going to say for everyone listening, thank you for joining us. If you also want to find out what else I'm working on just go to discussingnetwork.com that will point you through to all of our shows on there and we are glad that you have been a part of my river song celebration gentlemen Clarence Lee thank you for putting up with me for the last two episodes maybe next week we will go back to normal or as normal as I get so thank you both And everyone listening, thank you. And we will be back next time.
0: Sweet dreams, everyone.
1: You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at
4: discussingnetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new audible subscription and you can choose anything at all from that vast library but we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic doctor who titles which include new adventures of the doctor but also torchwood and river song and they're performed for you by actors you know and love wonderful voices tom baker alex kingston david Tennant. the list goes on and on so try it out for 30 days and if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way, free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussingwho. That's audibletrial, all one word, audibletria
3: com slash discussingwho, also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?